0: One of the things we ask the Lord to do is, you folks come, and, and we're so thankful and grateful we never take it for granted that you're here. We know that you're a gift from the Lord. We want all our services to minister to you. Uh, we're thankful for our choir and, re, and their singing and things of this nature. And I, and I hope that uh, uh, leads you to worship. You know, we want you to worship, and worshiping God means you meet God face to face and you change. And uh, there's not one of us here this morning that doesn't need to make some changes and i'm so thankful that we serve a god that wants us to do that so you may have walked in this morning and maybe you have gone through a very difficult time and and maybe you are hurting and you're having some problems and uh you know a lot of times we come to church and you know we have a tendency to kind of uh, you know we put on our church face the church face. you ready for? are you ready the church face is the front teeth and we act like everything's okay and fine and yet if you're living in this world you have difficulties and problems and I'm so thankful and grateful that God is a God that, that controls all things, and God is a God that uh, works in our lives and desires to work in our life, and, and I'm thankful for that and all. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation. We're studying the book of Revelation. It's the book of Revelation, not Revelation. It's only one revelation. About uh, That's all through the word of God. And uh, last week, we kind of gave you a little bit of overview. I'm going to do a little bit more this week, then we'll start in the very first chapter next week. And uh, you that are... In the Sunday school area, uh, or also we're teaching the book of Revelation there, so we're going to really saturate you uh, with this particular book. But it's a great book, a great study. And this is exactly the right time to study this word. Uh, we're living in some very difficult times, and it's very important that we get into the word. Now, look at verse 3, if you would. What a tremendous scripture. Verse 3 says, look at this. It says, Blessed is he that readeth. In other words, as you take time this week, this week to read chapter 1, as you do that, the Bible says that blessed are you that read it. And He goes on, and not only read, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. God is saying as, as we speak forth, as we share with you what the word of God says, you will certainly be blessed because of that. Now, he gives kind of a condition here, not only reading it and certainly hearing it, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And I think it's important to realize that God places some responsibility on us. We have a responsibility to apply what the word of God says in our life because the time is at hand. I think that when that was written, certainly they were living with an expectation of, uh, of the Lord's return. And I think it's a very important for us to realize that, uh, of course, all the songs you heard today dealing with the reality that it, God is coming back. And that will be exciting to us. As we start moving into the book of Revelation, it's very important to understand the background of the book of Revelation. Uh, John the Apostle, the very last guy uh, that uh, was left with all the apostles, uh, he had a real fruitful ministry. Uh, read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You read about some of the things that he did. And God greatly used him. I mean, it was exciting the way God had used this man. And I'm sure that he was rejoicing over the things the Lord had done for him. And all of a sudden, he's about 95. About 94, 95, in that area, somewhere and all. And he's kind of finishing up his ministry. So until I get to 95, I'm doing good. And, uh, but when he, at that particular stage in his life, I, I don't really know exactly where he thought was, what was going to happen. Have you ever preconceived how your life's going to be? And it didn't work out that way. And, you know, that, just, that happens to all of us. So we all kind of think how it's going to be. And then it doesn't work out that way. We kind of wonder, well, I believe when John all of a sudden found himself in the Isle of Patmos, which was a, was a Roman prison colony. It was not an island from Royal Caribbean, cruise line, or whatever you happen to cruise. You know, It wasn't one of those islands. You know? It wasn't one of those things where, you know, you, I, I, you've been involved with that. This is not the kind of island that he was involved with. This is similar to Alcatraz, if you will, a very difficult place. And I'm sure as he all of a sudden found himself there in Patmos, don't you think he had some questions? Uh, don't you believe that he was wondering, well, why, why is this happening to me? And he's and, and kind, of, kind of thinking, well, God, why would you do this? And, and here I was very effective in these particular areas, and now I'm in this island, and God, what's going on? Have you ever questioned God working in your life? Uh, you know, Sometimes folks say, well, that's a bad thing to do. I don't think it's a bad thing to do not. Now, if you're a religious person, it's a bad thing. But if you have a relationship with God, I think you could question those things. But I I think he did because here he was on the island. I don't know know how much time he was on the island before he went to heaven. I I don't really know. But I got to believe he was there a period of time. But what he didn't realize was his greatest ministry was getting ready to happen. And sometimes we think as we get older, we kind of slow down when it comes to ministry. Actually, we ought to be speeding up when it comes to ministry. Uh, We get rid of these jobs and things that we might have. Now we have more time to serve the Lord and more time to be involved with the work of God. We shouldn't look for ways to do less, look for ways to do more. But he's on the Isle of Patmos. God says, I want you to come up. Now, he didn't talk to him about heaven. Come up, I want to show it to you. Can't you imagine what that must have been like? I mean, here there, I mean, you you can talk about it all you want, but all of a sudden he's stepping in and look at the things he's seeing. He's seeing some stuff going on up there. What an exciting time he was going through. That's kind of what I talked about last week. Now this week I want to talk about what is the purpose of the book. Why did God write this? You know, what is the, what's the reason for this? And because over the years, I want to quickly give this to you here. Uh, there's some different views about why the book of uh, Revelation was written. Uh, there's a pretester view, which means that this is a view in Revelation it's just about the past. Revelation is about the Roman government, and all the symbols are already fulfilled. That was one of the things. Uh, another view of Revelation, historical view, uh, this is talking about the fact that the book of Revelation is the history of the church during the days of John. It's about what was happening in the church, the spiritualizing view of the book of Revelation. This is the view that the book of Revelation is a book of symbols. Uh, It's great pictures, but none of it really is going to happen. That's one of the views. And then there's the view, that the futuristic view, that that prophecies are about to end, the end time, and they're still to come to pass. This is the view, certainly, that uh, that we hold, that I hold. I, I believe that the book of Revelation is that it's about prophecy, it's about what God's gonna do, it's about the things going on, and I think it's important for us to realize that. And as you think about the purpose of the book of Revelation, there's a four-letter word. Y'all know four-letter word, don't you? H-O-P-E, hope. That is what the book of Revelation is about. It's about hope, it's about what God is going to do, and, and it's my prayer as we go through the book of Revelation, it's my prayer that, that you, uh, experienced this now understand when the book of revelation was written they were under great persecution i mean there was a lot of problems going on in the roman empire at that time and christians were not in favor are you familiar with the thing called Colosseums and all these kind of things well these folks the christians were being fed to the lions back in that day and so it was a very difficult time for them, and so how they were going to serve the Lord, how they were going to be involved with the things of God, and so Revelation is a book of hope. And my desire for you this uh, this morning is that as we study through the book of Revelation, not just today, but today as well, but on through that, that hope will come into your life. This is a very discouraging world to live in. Have you noticed that? A lot of things happening today that you want to pull your hair. Well, no, not that. But uh, folks that want folks that have hair want to pull it out. You know, I took care of that long ago and uh, but you know you see this stuff going on tv and of course you know everything on tv is true and so you see what's going on there and you kind of want to how what what is happening what is going on and if ever we needed hope we need hope now and that's why we're studying the book of revelation it gives us hope incredible hope now the symbols why the symbols there's over 300 of them here in the word of god and three real quick truths on that uh, one of the reasons for the symbols they hide the truth from god's enemies Jesus spoke in parables. He did so to kind of, uh, if you didn't have a spiritual sense, you probably wouldn't know what he was talking about. The same thing is true when this particular book, Written in Symbols, if you they were in the Roman government and they were not favorable toward Christians, if all of a sudden you had a document that said, talked about the, of the overthrow of the Roman government, they'd kill you dead. Yeah, and kill you dead. Right, right, and, I mean, they, they, they would not put up with that and so therefore is that one of the things that was happening here as he spoke in symbols to kind of help us to understand that and the roman government didn't understand it number two because they had they were timeless in nature whenever forever a beast is scary as When you read about the book of Revelation, it uses terminology that that even today, it's it's not a book about cold, hard facts. It's a book about it's timeless, and and it helps us to understand some things. And When you think about beasts, beasts have always been scary. It was scary then, and it's scary now. So that was one of the reasons for it, it's the timeless in nature. And the third thing, they have an emotional power. The book of Revelation is is a personal study on what God is going to do in the future. And how to serve God when there's no hope. I hope you don't need that lesson. It's not my to say, well, preacher, do you think that we're going to go through times of persecution? Let me tell you something. That's already happening. We're kind of lulled to sleep on that kind of stuff. And we're seeing our freedoms quickly being eroded. And so you say, well, are you really looking forward to persecution? No, I am not looking forward to persecution. But. Having said that, I think it's important to understand if this is what God chooses to bring into our lives, I think we've got to realize that how are we going to serve God during the times when things don't make sense and during the times when things aren't working out. Oh, one of the reasons for the book of Revelation was for that, to give us hope and to help us to understand how to serve God. You know, we read about what happened to these fellows in the book of Revelation, and we can apply it to our lives and help us to grow. Verse 19 of chapter 1, we see the... Uh, now, remember, again, I'm giving overview. We'll start at chapter 1 next week, but just give you an overview. Look at verse 19. We see the outline of the book of Revelation. Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The first thing, the first point in the outline of the book of Revelation, the, the things which you have seen. Now, guess who we see in chapter 1. Who do we see in chapter 1? Jesus. Yes, There's a lot of really important things in the book of Revelation. The beast, uh, Babylon, uh, angels, and all that. But Jesus is what the book of Revelation is all about. Every chapter in the book of Revelation is about Jesus, uh, who he is, his incredible power. Look there in verses 13 to 14. We read about this. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with the garments, his power and honor down to his foot and girt about with paps with golden girdle his head and his hair were white like wool as white as snow as speaking of wisdom and his eyes were as flame and fire uh, he sees anything and everything and we look at chapter one you know what chapter one does it kind of gets us ready amen gets us ready to travel through the book of revelation it gets us to understand who the book of revelation is all about it talks about jesus it get us in the right perspective of mind if you're here this morning and you don't know christ your personal savior the book of revelation is going to be just a lot of words for you it's going to be a lot of stuff so the things which are number two we see chapter chapter two and three the things which i'm sorry the things which are uh, and chapter two and three talks about the seven churches and that's going to be a great study Seven churches, a tremendous study. Uh, Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamon, and Tyra, and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. And uh, he is going to speak to the churches. And one of the things that's very common to the churches back in that day is they'd grown cold. It, it's amazing what it takes to excite the church today. It's amazing what it takes to get a holy grunt out of people today. We were so. Involved with our life and the things that are going on in our life that we don't realize we're dealing with heaven and hell We're dealing with a message that must get out and Satan will do all he can to stop that message doesn't matter what he has to do And so the churches were cold. They were indifferent And as you read here in the book of Revelation, I'm so glad that Jesus uh, Certainly who is the the bridegroom if you will that he doesn't give up on us. Aren't you glad for that? Amen? I'm glad for God's mercy and God's patience and God's grace I'm so thankful that he is that way. And you'll find as we read the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3 particularly, you'll see him challenging the churches. I believe the message that he's given to the churches in chapter 2 and 3, we need today. We need to be shaken out of our lethargy. He needs to get our attention, and he does exactly what it takes to do that. We move to chapter 4, and the theme of Revelation through 4 through 22, to the end of the book, a theme changes from earth to heaven. Uh, It's like taking a tour over the Rocky Mountains in these next several chapters that we'll be studying about, kind of seeing the tip of the mountains. It's about the final things, and in chapter 4, you're going to read this phrase that God says to John, come up hither. What that must have been like. Come up. Let me show you heaven. And the Bible says as John got up there, and again, he's not talking about heaven. He's actually being up there. He's actually seeing what's happening. and He's seeing God, and he's seeing Jesus on the throne. All of a sudden, you see John faint out and fell on the floor. You know why? Because worship was the only answer to what he was seeing, worshiping the Lord. Truth begins to pour out about the final times as we start reading chapters 4 through 22. First, he talks about the final conflicts, the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. Uh, he, unve- he unveils what's going to happen in the end time. He opens up the seal, and you're going to see a very interesting thing all through the book of Revelation. You'll hear things like this Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and which is to come. And one of the things you're going to see as we study the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is a very musical book. A lot of singing's going on. Probably. Back In those days, I mean, what a tremendous thing that was happening. And, and, and all of it was praising the Lord and, and bringing, you know, bringing glory to God. You know, sometimes we forget that's what we, we need to be involved with. Uh, Keith, as he was leading singing, one of the things he was trying to stress and point out in our hearts and minds, we need to worship the Lord. We worship God intentionally, not by accident. Our normal way of doing things is not paying attention to worshiping God. It's paying attention to all the stuff that goes on in our life. As you go through the list, you'll read about the sores and the sea being turned into blood, the rivers of blood, fire coming down, uh, the sun, the beasts, the kingdoms, all being turned into darkness, the river Euphrates uh, being dried up. And then you hear, about it, you hear a thing called Armageddon. The Bible will make a statement. It's done. Jesus said it was finished on the cross. He was talking about our salvation. When God is saying it's done in the book of Revelation, he means the judgments, the final judgments are, are done. Uh, they're going to be, everything will be changed in a moment. But there's one final thing he's going to do when it comes to judgment before this is all over. The, the, and we're going to talk about this the woman and the beast. Uh, the beast is the government beast, and the woman, Babylon. They both relate and are taxed to Satan. Uh, we'll talk about the fall of Babylon. We'll talk about the beast and the false prophet being dealt with. We'll talk about the millennium and what goes on with that and all these things that are happening. We'll talk about the fall of Satan, uh, the judgment of all. Uh, As you read, particularly chapter 4, moving on, it's very easy to, I mean, you get into it, I mean, it just seems like one thing after another, after another, and it's happening and it's happening. You think, wow, that's got to be it, but that's not it. The Bible's real clear that the book will not end with this the book will end with a final eternal celebration amen the god is going to end everything and he says behold i will make all things new and when i think about studying the book of revelation i think about how what an exciting what a powerful book what a book of of uh, not only future things but how to live now because one of the things going to happen in the book of revelation there's going to be no more tears there's going to be no more uh, uh, hurting or sorrow and all that's going to change everything will change everything is going to be different the book of revelation ends and the bible says he which testify these things saith surely i come quickly am i to respond i know that sitting and listening to the things that i've said to you this morning uh, your heads may be kind of spinning right now because i I just 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 flew over the mountain just kind of looked down seeing all these things that we're going to be talking about getting ready to happen and you know it's easy for your mind to kind of go to all kinds of different places and but but how are we to respond you know what should be our response to this well in revelation 22 it says this And I, John, saw these things and heard them. When I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Do you ever think about worship? How much of our lives do we live without worship? So much stuff takes our time and our minds and hearts. You know, when we get to heaven, that's what we're going to be doing. All this stuff that we get involved with is just going to be stuff. And yet we're so occupied and, and, and distracted in the world that we're living in today. And the real crime with that is that folks that call themselves believers are distracted. We're so focused on so much this life, and we just miss it—miss that walk with the Lord. You may be here this morning, and maybe in a long time you've really worshipped the Lord. Oh, I'm not saying you may come to church every time the doors are open. Somehow we believe that's a real mark of spirituality if you come every time the doors open. I'm persuaded that's not the case at all. The doors are open. your heart's not open that ought to bother us just a minute we're going to stand and we give invitations our altars are here maybe it's time to open that heart up maybe it's time to kneel before the Lord and say God I'm distracted I got so much stuff going on that I fail to worship you We seem to have time to do everything else, so we don't seem to do that. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not real sure about eternity. You're not sure where, if you die right now, where you'd spend eternity. You know, hey, that tugging at your heart, that's the Holy Spirit, and this morning, if you'd come and and, and we'll have someone take the word of God and show you how to be saved. If you're here and your life's not right with the Lord, I encourage you to come and let's, let's get that thing taken care of today.